Ladies and gentlemen, grab your flask. I'm Kent Garrison. I'm Brian Gill. And I'm Richard Barton. And this is Mad About Movies. You sound insane. You realize that? Yeah. The whole world got crazy. It's showtime. Mad About Movies is your go-to movie podcast for all things concerning the world of cinema. We talk movie news, we talk movie rumors, we talk movie rumblings, and then we break it down for our given movie of the week. Stick around for the end of the episode, or we will have our weekly recommends. Brian, this week's movie of the week is... The Spectacular Now. My name is Sutter Keeley. I got everything I need right here. I've got a job, I've got a car, I've got a beautiful girl. I was the life of every party. You gotta live in the moment. It's about this. This is beautiful. More like the spectacular wow. Hi, (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Oh, saving that. I was gonna save that for the end, guys. (laughs) Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. Less than a minute. You edit these things, so the choice is still yours. That's true. You can do whatever you want, really. (laughs) That is true. I can really sabotage you guys. You could. Editing this thing. (laughs) Yeah. If we ever ever cross him, Richard, we're in trouble. (laughs) That's true. I've got your public image on the line here. That's right. At my disposal. You do. This movie's been out a while, but we each got to see it, I think, sporadically over the summer. Yeah. And... I think we all three agreed um, that it deserved a podcast. So here we are. And if you haven't seen The Spectacular now, go ahead and pause it right now. Pause this podcast right now. Go see it. Because you're going to want to see this movie before we talk about it. It'll make it a lot better, I promise you. Uh, so we're going to talk about that come a little bit later in the show. But first, we've got to kick things off. Yes! Rumors and rumbling. That's awesome! Let the filibustering begin. Brian Gill. Yes, sir. Do you have any movie news, rumors, or rumblings to go over? Uh, I don't. Sorry. I okay. usually have okay. a sheet of like five or six blurbs in case you don't have anything, and uh, I don't tonight, so my apologies. Well, Brian, you would have one thing, because I'm pretty sure you know, or you thought that we had gone over this already on the show, but we haven't, so I'm going to bring it up now. All right. James Spader. Oh, He's yeah. Cast as Ultron. Yeah, how do we miss that? How do we not talk about that before? I think it fell between the week we were on the radio doing the podcast and uh, doing okay. uh, it just sort of fell fell between the cracks there. Yeah. So, Richard Barton, mm. give uh, give us uh, your thoughts on this because everyone that listens to this podcast knows how big of a spader uh, spaderette you are. Spader yeah. file. Spader file. Yeah, you gotta you gotta go kind of kind of sleazy if you're gonna be a, a spader fan. It's yeah. It's, Spader. <laughs> so, Richard, uh, give us your thir- first impression. First of all, James Spader. Second of all, do you think James Spader could do a superhero type role? Okay, well, I'll answer the second question first. Yeah, I think he's a fine casting uh, choice. Yeah, I'm a Spader. I like Spader. I think he's fun, especially like this new, let's say the last, like, starting with Boston Legal version of Spader where he just fully embraces. Um, how creepy he is, almost to a comedic effect, uh, is uh, I, I enjoy that. So uh, I think he could bring, you know, and him and Downey have worked together before and have some history. I'm, I'm down. I'm down with him. But I don't know anything about Ultron. You guys know I'm, I'm the least comic book uh, savvy uh, 
because I, I like uh, girls. And so, uh, of the of the three of us, so I, I don't know if it's a fit. I just know I like James Spader, and I like the Avengers, and I'm glad they've come together. If you want to hop on YouTube, and you can put in James Spader Shakespeare, and you can watch me do a James Spader impression reading Shakespeare, if, if you're bored. <laughs> it's weird, though, ahead, because you... I'm busy on YouTube. I'm looking something up real quick. <laughs> it's weird, though, because right in the middle of re- reading, like, Julius Caesar... I can't even talk, so it doesn't matter. But you uh, get in a <laughs> car wreck. Seizure? That's yeah. a little Julius Caesar. I'm not in my normal environment. It's throwing me off. There's way more to be distracted by. This is where this Julius goes into office. a room full of uh, strobe lights and then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. can't find his way out. Julius Seizure. Yeah, it's pretty bad. So Brian, what are your thoughts on this Ultron thing? I love it. It's a great. I don't know hardly anything about uh, about Ultron either. Um, because I also am not a comic book nerd, Richard. Um, no, uh, no, I, I don't know too much about the uh, the character. I just know that I love the Avengers and I love Joss Whedon, and I think that Spader will be a great, great villain for as long as he's used properly. That's the thing with Spader; he's always great. It's can you figure out how to exploit his greatness? You know, I think Lincoln was a great example of how to use Spader yeah. quite yeah. effectively. Whereas the office completely mishandled him and had no idea what to do with yeah. his ridiculous level of creepiness. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's what he does. He's a creeper, and that's great. I mean, it, it works when you use it like that. But man, it did not fit on the office at all. But no, I, I like I like the casting, and I I like this phase of life that Spader's in, where it's like he kind of disappeared. I feel like between yeah. Stargate and The yeah. Office, he like disappeared and just did movies where he got off to car wrecks and things like that. And now he's uh, he's like I don't know. He's kind of embraced mainstream media again, maybe, or maybe it, it's the other way around. Maybe it's embraced him. I don't know which one it is, but he's got that show on NBC that comes out in a week or two that I'm sure we'll talk about and. Uh, the Office and and then now uh, the Avengers one. So I think it's a, a plus Lincoln, as I mentioned before, it's a an interesting uh, renaissance, if you will, for him. Mm-hmm. I, I, I totally agree, and I I'm not very familiar with this Ultron thing, so I'm I'm guess I like girls too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all three of us like girls. Yay! Yay! Send the send the guys hosting a movie pod. <laughs> So apparently Ultron or Jarvis turns into Ultron. Like Ultron is this all-knowing supercomputer or something. Okay. So not really sure how they're going to mold Paul Bettany into James Spader <laughs> over the course of a movie, you know. That's all right. He can do another priest movie. It'll be fine. <laughs> but I I agree with you about Spader. Man, he had he had a lot of good glory days back in the early 90s. And yeah, he's he's on a resurgence. He's he's pulling a Michael Keaton. Yeah, he, he's on this Keaton band, his Keaton boat. It's true. Um, so, man, Spader and Avengers. I never thought that we'd <laughs> yeah, be talking right. about this on this podcast. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's funnier if he was a hero if they announced him. Like, oh no, yeah, he. We're replacing Chris Evans with uh, James. <laughs> <laughs> the most out of shape Captain America. Ever. Yeah, yeah. No, he gets crazy jacked for it too. <laughs> now, if we want to keep the conversation right now in Marvel Cinematic Universe, Vin Diesel has been talking more Marvel, and he has confirmed that he is not only voicing Groot in Guardians of the Galaxy, but he is up for another role. 
in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. So that's good news. I don't yeah. I don't know if we talked about that on the show yet. But, you know, I think what were our hopes for him? What role was it? Blade reboot? Yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> the, the Nick Fury prequel. That'd be cool. Um, I, I mean, feel like there was another one that we were confident that he was going to do. Um, what about uh, that? Was it Thanos? Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That, that, that. Alien, the alien at the end of Avengers. Yeah. But that's yeah, Benicio I, Del Toro, isn't it? Haven't we confirmed I that? I don't know, but I know that Thanos is going to be in Guardians. And Vince is already in Guardians for Groot. So, right. or Vin is, I should say. <laughs> Vince Vaughn is in Groot, is playing Yeah, Groot. Vince, uh, Mark Sinclair, I should say. <laughs> Guys. So, Vince Vaughn's doing it, and he's just going to use a lot of weird, like, 1950s uh, slang. <laughs> come on, baby doll, huh? What are you going to get at me? Can I come in and steal my planet, huh? Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> I'm, this I'm tree waiting for smells the... terrible. <laughs> I'm still waiting for Delivery Man to come out, though. That's what I'm going to judge Vince Vaughn by this year. Yeah. You know, if he crapped out the internship because, you know, he had Delivery Man on the horizon, which is going to be good, hopefully, I'll forgive him for this year. He gets a pass. Yeah. When I does Delivery Man come out? I feel like, like that's been about October, to come out. I think. I think it's a Thanksgiving-ish release, but okay. I'm not sure about that. No, I think uh, I think you probably sh- Yeah, November 22nd. Keep your expectations low, but I do think it looks I, I think it looks better than anything he's done in quite some time, for sure. So hopefully hopefully it's not the internship part two for you. <laughs> I cannot believe you guys haven't seen it. <laughs> bonus it's like it's like Citizen Kane. Bonus like. internship episode might have to happen. <laughs> it might knock off now you see me as most popular Mad About Movies podcast episode of all time. Oh. Was, is that our most downloaded? Uh, yeah, I think so. That's I think Pacific really... Rim and Now You See Me that's... are the two toppers. I hope I hope that's because America wanted agreed with us and isn't America because America wants less Now You See Me and more <laughs> fighting robots. I mean, I think well, we know Rain Wilson. Agrees. We're the opposite. Yeah, I think. Uh, I mean. Hopefully people weren't just Googling Now You See Me and, and finding our podcast. If they did, <laughs> that's awesome. And you're they welcome. Were. Because yeah. they listened to that episode and immediately cried, probably. Yeah. So you're welcome. Another Now You See Me mention. We cannot get through an episode without it. We can't nope. do it. <laughs> we need one of those, uh, you know, like if you're in a warehouse or something and they have one of those boards that says no accidents since you know, whatever day or how many yeah. days since the last accident. We need that for uh, on our website for uh, Now You See Me. It'll just never get past one, but uh, it'd be a funny bit. We teased at the end of last week's episode, Jurassic World is coming Yeah, in 2015. So Jurassic Park 4, which we have speculated on numerous times on this show, we talked about when Colin Trevorrow was picked as the director of the movie. We talked about when the movie got canned. Earlier this summer when it got put on hold indefinitely. And we were talking about it now when it's brought back to life and re-resurrected as Jurassic World. So, guys, I sent you a little clip last week. I don't know if you guys checked it out, but it was kind of a little trailer 
to Jurassic World, kind of a secret trailer. I guess it's kind of what they used to pitch Jurassic World to the execs. Uh, so what were your guys' thoughts on that? Because my thoughts were it looked terrible and cheesy. Yeah. <laughs> it looked like piranha with dinosaurs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so Brian Gill. It looked Jurassic bad. World. It looked bad, but I mean, it's look. We we know what it is. I mean, that's just a that that scene. Hopefully, Lord willing, will not be in the movie. So, um, it's it was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. But I I really want this it was movie worse to be than good, that. Y'all. I really want it to be good. So I'm trying to be, I guess, positive about the entire thing because I love Jurassic Park so so much, and I would like for there to be a decent sequel to it. And thus far, there is not. So. Uh, but yeah, it looked, it looked for lack like, of trying, though. You know? Yeah, yeah. It looked like Jaws meets Jurassic Park, but without any of the good stuff. Basically, yeah. I, th- I didn't realize that's what it was, kid. I thought it was some sort of parody thing. We're sending it. And I didn't get it. I was like, <laughs> what is, I don't get this. But now, <laughs> now that just bums me out even worse. Yeah. So apparently, here they're going. They're not. They're not attaching themselves to the old canon of of Jurassic Park. They're going for an all-out <laughs> reboot here. And it's making me curious as to what they have up their sleeves. I've seen a lot of a lot of rumors and rumblings, mainly, um, that there's a lot of underwater dinosaurs in this one. Yeah. And uh-huh. it's like the dinosaurs turn... I mean, they go to like this Disney World type um, Jurassic Park. I'm assuming it's called Jurassic World in the movie. And... Like the dinosaurs, you know, pull a World War Z on everybody and sort of just take over that way. So, I mean, this is going to be terrible, I think. This is such a letdown. This is the opposite of what I wanted here, you know? Yeah. I didn't know all that. I hadn't read any of the uh, plot synopsis. Is that the right word? I don't know. (laughs) Um,. If it's a reboot and that's the way we're going, I'm I might not even watch it. Like I'm I'm angry now, so you've you've ruined my night, Kent. But that sounds terrible. Well, I don't think that we've had a podcast where I haven't ruined some <laughs> part of your life. So it's true, guys. Before we move on and talk about the main event, the spectacular now, Jimmy Kimmel pulled off a spectacular <laughs> prank. <laughs> That I mean, this is a movie podcast, but I mean, we cover pop culture and uh, TV and things like that. So, Richard, do you want to just explain kind of what what went down here? Yeah, so maybe most few... epic pwn or prank of all time. <laughs> so yeah, so a few weeks ago, a, a video uh, leaked online went viral of a girl practicing twerking uh, in her room, and she is twerking on a little camera, dancing. And then she falls down and catches herself on fire. And then her her friend, or her, well, she's twerking up against the door. Her friend opens the door. She falls down and catches herself on fire. Uh, a lot of people would think, yeah, this is probably fake when they see it. But the girl's actually on fire. You can see her on fire. Uh, so that's been popular for, for several weeks. And uh, Kimmel announced uh, last week that, uh, you know, he was going to have the girl on his show. And, uh, you know, she comes out to talk and then it is revealed at the end, that uh, the whole thing was filmed in Jimmy Kimmel's studio, they leaked it online, and that she is a professional stunt woman. Uh, Jimmy Kimmel, they re-show the video now unedited, and at the very end, Kimmel comes in wearing the same outfit in the same house and uh, puts her out with a fire extinguisher. So, that is what happened. Did I miss anything? 
that's pretty much it. But I gotta Kill. say, why didn't they let it go longer? <laughs> you know, like it was only up to a couple million views. Like, yeah, it, they should have. It should have gotten to Charlie bit my finger status, and then a year <laughs> later. Oh, by yeah. the way, guys. Yeah. <laughs> you know? They apparently put it out, like, a while ago, and it took a while to kind of get viral. Because um, they let it go, like, organically. They didn't push it or anything, obviously, because that would give it away. So, And apparently a lot of people on the staff didn't even know. It was, like, a very secretive thing. So, very cool. Kimmel's killing it, man. Kimmel's the man. He ha- he is. He's kind of taken over in my eyes. He, yeah. The more I watch his show, the more I think it, how great it is. Mm-hmm. And it's been a little long time. Yeah, they're, they're 10 years now. That's but amazing. it didn't really it didn't really catch fire though until probably the last four or five years. I would say the the Matt Damon video was like the official launch of that show, wouldn't you, Brian? Yeah, I would. You, I but even though that was like four years into the show's existence, so. Uh, but yeah, oh, he's he's great, you know. And Kent, you and I are big Letterman nuts, and he's yeah. he's like the world's big, his his license plate when he was in high school was late night Dave. Um, <laughs> So, I mean, he's he's the biggest Letterman nut, so it's kind of cool to see someone of that same ilk uh, kind of take over again. Yeah, man, Letterman has really been on off his game Yeah, lately. I don't know why what his deal is or what the philosophy behind David Letterman's show is uh, lately, but I feel like in the early 2000s, like first, like 2000 and 2004, I feel like that was the golden age of of Letterman, he was doing at least, like at least the CBS show, you would say. Yeah, or I mean, yeah, his CBS show. I I'm not talking his his like late night yeah. uh, times, but they were doing stuff like um, Will It Float and Know Your Current Events on a regular yeah. basis, and doing a lot more stuff out on the street. I really don't feel like Letterman cares anymore. Yeah, like they don't they don't do bits anymore. Mm-hmm. It seems like do I mean do they? No. It's like he, and I've heard, you know, it's kind of a not very well kept secret that he doesn't spend a whole lot of time at the office, so to speak. He's kind of in and out pretty quick. Yeah, I think, I think when he retires, I think it'll be, he, he, you know, he's a Midwest kind of guy and he doesn't like to make a big deal out of things. I think he'll just kind of all of a sudden retire. Like a week later, he'll just be gone and we'll probably never see him again. And I feel like that's coming uh, sooner rather than later. But it'll be interesting to see who replaces. You know, we've had so much talk over who's replacing Jay. Yeah. Who, you know, is getting now replaced by Jay. Who's Jay pretending to give his show to, uh, only to take it back. And <laughs> but Letterman, that that's always been kind of a, you know, at least in the last 20 years, kind of just a uh, assumed uh, result. But, uh, you know, now, now we have to start talking about who's going to take that show over. Who do, who do you think? Uh, if I had to put money on, I would say Jon Stewart because uh, – Viacom, which owns Comedy Central, also owns CBS, so it wouldn't yeah. have to be it wouldn't be ugly contractually. Um, but at the same time, I also wouldn't be surprised if Stewart said, "No, I'm cool. I like I really like doing the Daily Show and that format." So I, I really don't know. That's that's a good question, Brian. Do you do you anybody come to mind? No, Craig Ferguson is he? He, he has said several times he doesn't want to do it. He likes that later show. I, that doesn't mean he does, but. He's right. always said he, he'll never even go after it. He really likes that uh, 12.30 time slot. I don't think I've ever watched a single segment of the Craig Ferguson show. Like, I don't have any idea if he's even good or not, honestly. Like, he's, I don't think um, I've ever watched it. He's kind of interesting in that he... Uh, it's a very unscripted show. Um, he doesn't really have a monologue like the other guys. He kind of comes out and just talks. 
Yeah. So that being said, when it works, it really works because imp- improvisational comedy is by nature exciting when it's really good. Sure. Um, but when it's bad, it's really bad. <laughs> you know, because gotcha. there's there's no safety net. Um, and so, and he can be kind of, to me, an annoying interviewer just because sometimes he talks more than they do. Right. Uh, which to me was always Letterman's greatest skills. Letterman is a really really underrated interviewer. Um, and he, he's he's really good at making people make idiots out of themselves um, without them even realizing that they're doing it. Yeah. Uh, it's, he's like the sneaky grandpa that way. Uh, and, uh, and Leno's just a terrible interviewer. So it'll be interesting to see. It really will. I, don't, I, don't, I really don't know who will take that show over. I was talking to somebody about this today, actually. I need – so I'm a Conan guy. I've been a Conan viewer since I was, I don't know, 15. And I recognize that Conan's show is not – Anywhere near it, yeah. the peak at this point, but I'm I'm too loyal to step away, and I don't have time in my life to record all. You know, I, Fallon is every time I watch Fallon, it's great, and every yeah. time I watch Letterman, I love it because he's Letterman, and I never get around to watching Kimmel just because it's like I don't have enough time to get yeah. to all this stuff. What I need is like a supercut on a daily basis of. All yeah. the good stuff from those four there shows. There is a Yahoo, I think, does it, called, like, What Happened in Late Night last uh-huh. night clip. But they always pick the dumbest stuff. Yeah, yeah, I've because seen Because it's Yahoo. Right, exactly. Um, I mean, what I do is I do two-week. Uh, I watch one of those shows for a two, uh, two-week stretch. So I'll tape Conan, Conan for two weeks. Uh, I'll tape Fallon for two weeks. Because I normally watch them, like, in the afternoon or early evening the next day. Yeah. I'll tape Letterman for two weeks. Kim, I, I just do it like that. Um, yeah. Cause, and so that kind of gives me a feel as to what's going on on each right. of those. But no, you're right. If you're like a loyal Conan guy, there's just not enough time in the day. It's too many late night shows. Yeah. I need like a, it needs to be like a combination of the ticket top 10 and yeah. the CBS, <laughs> uh, CBS Sunday morning. Yeah. Like, just here's the, here's the top 10 things from last night, including interviews and bits. And uh, right yeah. at the front, we're going to give you the breakdown of what's what's yeah. to come. You know, I'm what the mean? same way. I never watch. I used to when I was in middle school and high school. I used to watch uh, the Daily Show. But I'm just, anytime I watch Daily Show or Colbert, I go, "Gosh, these are just so funny." But right. I never, I never watch them. Yeah. Um, uh, no, so I certainly understand. Yeah, you know where Conan is. His show might not be the best anymore and I've tried in the past couple weeks Brian I felt the same way you have and I've tried to go back and watch more Conan I mean I've yeah. been trying to watch Conan I always forget about Conan because he's on cable right so when I'm watching late night I'm like okay you know who do the big three have on yeah and then yeah. who do the who do the people after the big three have on I mean I never really scroll down there to see what's on Conan I mean he's on it in the same time slot but I just never scroll down there I always forget so yeah, I've been trying to go down, go watch more, give him some ratings. You know, Conan yeah. is is my boy. But, but what where he really kills it is online. Yeah, I mean yeah. Conan's like app, like the Team Coco app is great, right. and the whole Team Coco Facebook mm-hmm. and web thing they have going on, I think Kimble. beats beats everyone except for maybe Fallon. Fallon does a lot of extra stuff on yeah on there. I mean, he does uncut a, uh, stuff. Kimmel has a very, uh, I'll say, because I subscribe to it, and that's how I watch most of his stuff. Kimmel, if you should subscribe to it, has a great U- YouTube channel. And it's, like, really consistently updated every day uh, yeah. with pretty much the whole show. So you can watch things in clip form. 
uh, that he did the next day. So that I recommend that to anybody else that's having facing this odd uh, first person problem that we're having, first world problem that we're having. <laughs> but that show that he does, that Conan does, called Serious Jibber Jabber. Yeah, oh, it's so good. Fantastic. It's better than Conan. It's better than Conan. Oh, oh absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's where Conan is headed eventually. Like, yeah. I think eventually he will tire of doing the bit and will just just end up doing internet interviews and doing long-form stuff like that because he's he's building himself a nice little empire of uh, stuff that he's producing and then the stuff that they do online that he could conceivably just take the income from that. And plus he's made however many millions of dollars up to this point anyway. And just do like a weekly long form interview type show, and he'd be great at. It. He's a great interviewer. Oh, he's um, so smart. Yeah, Kent, do you or Brian and Kent, did you guys see who tomorrow's? There's a new series, Jibber Jabber tomorrow. First one in three months. No, who is did, it? Did you see Martin Short? Yeah, nice. I did see. I saw a tweet about it last week or something. Ugh. Honorary American treasure, Martin Short. <laughs> yeah, we don't care that he's Canadian. He's an American right. treasure. Oh. You know, someone who might actually take over for for Letterman, Alec Baldwin. Oh, he's that's got this new show out, but he he was on Letterman last week to promote his new show for MSNBC. They had him on for three segments. Yeah, he's, he can talk. I mean, I rarely yeah. you rarely see that yeah. on late night. I mean, you rarely see two anymore. But to have him on all three segments was was crazy. And him yeah. and Dave are such good friends. Yeah. As, uh, as good of friends as Dave is with anyone. because So I, I would love to see a legit talk show with Alec Baldwin at the helm. Here's a funny Letterman story. Uh, Regis Philbin tried to have dinner with Letterman for like 22 years. And Letterman stood him up like a total of 200 times. Would just invite him, make a reservation, and then just never show up. It was like a running <laughs> bit that he did. He just he loved standing Regis Philbin up for dinner. Remember so, yeah. the whole bit that Letterman had with Oprah? Yeah. And, like, the Oprah diary he kept yeah. for, like, two years straight on his show. That was so funny. And, like, the Richard Simmons rivalry yeah. that was going on. I mean, he really, like, back ten years ago or a little bit more, He his show was totally different, I feel oh, like. Yeah. It's just – now it's just people – well, you, the thing is, like, you get a Baldwin in there. The thing about Letterman that you have to always keep your eye on is you get a Baldwin in there or you get someone else that's good and get, is good on their feet or you get someone that's an idiot. You know, you get a dumb politician on a show or something and he, you still see the glimpses. You know, he's he's like an old basketball player or something. That he can still go for three minutes. It's just that he can't play 48 minutes a game anymore. Um, and all of a sudden you'll see him. He kind of gets his fur up and he gets angry or he gets interested or something. And, he, and he's just great. Still, he's still got his fastball. Uh, he just can't throw it nearly as often. Did you guys see the Franco roast? I know you did, Richard. Yeah. Brian? I saw a bit or two, and then Richard gave me the recap last week. Not, yeah, Brian, I'm surprised you didn't watch it more because of how <laughs> much you hate Franco. <laughs> it's yeah. pretty funny. Hour and 20 minutes of just Franco and people making fun of Franco right. and people making fun of each other. I really liked the... The lineup they had. It'll be on Netflix, and I'll watch it eventually. Sure. Because yeah. I do love to hate Franco. And I do love all those guys. Uh, yeah. Hater and such. So, So yeah, it was Bill Hader. Uh, who else? Jeff Ross. Aziz Ansari. Uh, uh, Jonah, Jonah Hill. Hill Seth, Seth Rogen. Sarah Silverman. Silverman. Uh, that other girl that I don't remember her name. Amy right. Sandberg. Mm-hmm. Sandberg was yeah. my favorite. 
Roasted you. Boom. <laughs> if you didn't want to, if you didn't want to be offended, shouldn't have invited the king. <laughs> oh, yeah, Sarah funny. Silverman, you're not getting any younger. You know who else is getting older? My mom. She might die soon. What will that be like? Roasted <laughs> you. It just got so dark. Whoa. Is somebody, is there a barista in here? Because this roast just got dark. I guess, guys, we should move on. Yeah. Hey, what's up, ma'am, fam? Kent here. And yes, if you're hearing from me, you know it's time to talk about Blue Apron. If you haven't tried out Blue Apron by now, what the heck are you even doing? Blue Apron is the number one fresh ingredient and recipe delivery service in the country. They deliver fresh meals straight to your door. All the food is fresh. It's sourced from local farms. And there's no wasted ingredients. I've been a Blue Apron subscriber for a long time now. And they have still, to this day, never let me down. There's tons of variety. Some featured upcoming meals include summer vegetable and egg paninis, soy glazed pork and rice cakes, skillet vegetable chili with cheddar drop biscuits, holy crap, and garlic butter shrimp and corn with green bean salad. So take it from me. Try out Blue Apron now. Go to blueapron.com slash mad. That's blueapron.com slash mad. Get three meals on us for free. Nothing goes better with a movie than dinner. So check out Blue Apron. Blueapron.com slash mad. Blue Apron, a better way to cook. Hey, ma'am, fam, question for you. Do you own a small business or are you a boss? Are you looking to hire awesome people, but you just can't find somebody to fill that role? Well, let me tell you about ZipRecruiter.com. With ZipRecruiter, you can post your job to 100-plus job sites all with one click. In fact, over 80% of jobs posted on ZipRecruiter get a qualified candidate in just 24 hours. Find out today why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other job sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on candidates finding you. It finds them. Right now, you can post your jobs for free on ZipRecruiter by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. One more time, try it for free. Go to ZipRecruiter.com slash mad. Thanks to ZipRecruiter for supporting this episode of the Mad About Movies podcast. And let's talk about... Spectacular now. I'll tell you something. I don't live in the past. I live in the now because that's what it's all about. You know, everyone's telling me I gotta move on. I don't see what's so great about being an adult. Yeah. Are you happy? You're not the joke everyone thinks, man. Okay, so this movie was a lot better than I had initially anticipated. And Brian, man, the first thing I thought of upon while A in this movie and B leaving this movie, I was like, why did Brian not like this movie? <laughs> Couldn't yeah. understand it. Yeah. Uh, man, this movie is just chock full of great performances. Yeah. A really, really great uh, screenplay. Pretty mm-hmm. awesome directing, considering the guy is... This is only his second movie, I think. First wide release feature. Um, so there are, there are a lot of things, at, when we get into spoilers, that I want to talk about that I didn't like about this movie. But the non-spoiler review that I have is, man, this was just such a great character movie. Just a great movie about relationships, about family. Um, one of the best high school comedy dramas that I've seen, and you know, since maybe you know, Super Bad, or even going back to like the '80s, the Sixteen Candles, 
Whoa. John Hughes days. I mean, it was great. I just really liked the the play between uh, the two main characters, Amy and uh, Sutter, I guess his name is. So just really enjoyed performances. It was dark, really, really dark at places, and pretty funny, too. And Shailene Woodley, really good, considering she made herself ugly for <laughs> for part of this. You know what I mean? Like, I I totally got what Sutter was saying about he couldn't tell if he was attracted to her or not. Because the way she was in this movie, she's played it absolutely perfectly. The perfect, like, kind of underdog girl role. Um, but I'll give a little bit more of my impressions later. Uh, but Brian, what did you think of the, this movie? Yeah, I, look, you're not uh, you're not wrong. First and foremost, the performances are outstanding. I I don't think there's any any questioning or denying that. Um, especially uh, Miles Teller, the guy who plays Sutter, the the main character. Right. Uh, he's he's magnificent. Um, and and, Sh- and Shailene or Shailene Woodley. Is great too, and anytime Kyle Chandler shows up, I'm in. I mean, I just love that guy, and I think he he's got a very, I mean, obviously a very small role, but man, he did a great job with it. Um, and it's a it's a very good script. I would say that I don't think it's I don't think it's particularly well directed. I think it's um, look, it's <sighs> Richard uh, Richard had brought up a, a very good point when we were discussing it, and I don't mean to to steal it from you. Uh, Rich, but uh, basically, kind of said uh, it's very realistic, and it's 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 you know it's very well uh, very true to real life, but also it's a real bummer, and I don't know that you want to yeah. live for two hours in that world. I mean, we all know know people like Sutter and like Amy too, um, yeah. and Sutter is kind of a bummer to be around in real life, and so. Spending two hours in a movie with them is not totally. my yeah. favorite thing in the world. Um, I don't mind being challenged by a movie, and I think that's kind of what this was going for in a way was to to uh, to challenge the audience. I did feel like it missed the mark um, tone wise quite often. I also felt like there were some opportunities to have uh, some humor involved, and it was a com- almost a completely humorless movie, in my opinion. Um, I really could have used a little more of that, not because I need laughs to, you know, make, to make myself, uh, you know, enjoy something, but, uh, because I, I felt like the movie was screaming for, uh, for some humor and we, I just didn't get it. Um, anyway, I, the thing is the third act is very good and I think it, it certainly ends on a high, but I don't necessarily feel like it earned the emotions that it was trying to bring out of me um in that third act the first two acts i don't feel like they built the way that they should have to get me there case in point and then i'll shut up is uh right near the very this it's not a spoiler because this is a movie you really can't spoil but there's a right towards the very end there's a, a moment where uh sutter is talking to his mom and he breaks down and is basically you know talking about how he's he's a worthless person is what it really amounts to um, I am the easiest of movie criers in the world. I mean, I tear mm. up all the time. That moment should have broken me. And I mean, I really expected to, it, with a moment like that in that sort of movie, I should have been weeping. And it was just like, okay, that's it's nice. It's good. It's I liked the wrap-up. It was strong. 
but it wasn't nearly as uh, overwhelmingly uh, impactful, I guess, as it should have been. And, and I, I, I was disappointed by that. Richard Barton. Uh, Ken, I don't want to gang up on you. I do, do not care for this movie at all. Um, like, like Brian said, uh, you know, it's, it's, the performances are nothing to with both Cheyenne Woodley and, uh, Miles Teller are, are great. Um, and it, like I said, it's a really realistic version of high school kids, but you know, there's a reason I don't go to the high school and just watch high school kids hang out. It's not right. particularly entertaining to me. Um, I didn't laugh once. I didn't think this, I thought going in, this would be like a dramedy. Yeah. I, it was just a, uh, kind of a melodrama to me. Yeah. Um, it could have been served by a lot more laughs because that kind sure. of kind of at least gives you something to kind of look forward to when you're just getting beat over your head. Like you said, Miles is kind of a bummer of a kid, and I'm happy he gets his crap together at the end. But, you know, I don't want to... Does he? Maybe. Maybe he does. Seems like he does. Spoiler did alert. You, did you walk out? <laughs> no, 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 no. No, he does. He goes... I'll, spoiler okay. alert. He yeah. goes to the college... He stands on the steps. She walks out of the school, and they smile at each other. Implies yeah. that he's gonna, he's moved to the town, this college town, moved to Philadelphia, and all that. Okay, go ahead. So I'm with. I, I stayed with it. Don't worry. Um. So I didn't didn't care about that. I just I didn't care about Miles. I, I, I Miles. I'm sorry, man. You're not. You know the thing about these movies with these like kind of like tortured people that have like you know this kid's got a drinking problem and all that. The, the, it's a device that's probably overused in movies, but it, it, it's overused because it works. You want some reason to like root for them. Like, yeah, he's kind of a jerk and he drinks too much and he's 17 and he drinks and drives and he's reckless, but man, he's, he's witty or man, like he, he, people just don't understand him with this movie. I was just kind of like, yeah, she's kind of the guy that drinks too much and drinks and drives. That's really all there right. is to him. Um, yeah. and I understand that his dad, uh, you know, he's, he's, he idolizes his dad and then he's extremely let down by his dad and all that stuff. And that's, that's interesting. Kind of, uh, that, that perspective change where he's blaming his mom for his whole life. And then it turns out, you know, it's, <laughs> she's doing the best she can. The sister was a stupid character. It was married to the rich lawyer. That was all yeah. like hammered in and really convenient. And, uh, it, like I said, like from every standpoint, it was visually very realistic looking. It looked it, to me, it looked fine. Didn't have a problem with the cinematography or the direction. The performances were great. I just did not care about the story at, at all. And that that might just be maybe it doesn't hit me. Maybe Ken, maybe you had a really bad drinking problem when you were seventeen. You affiliate, <laughs> you appreciate it. I, I that's great. And it's getting very good reviews. So I'm I'm obviously in the wrong. But I did I did not enjoy hardly any of this movie. And, and, and Brian, like you said, at the end, when the when it kind of cleans up a little bit, uh, look, you're talking to a guy that cried at School of Rock, right. um, and I was just kind of like, still like, okay, well, it's the only thing I thought of is like, good, we only have ten minutes left, <laughs> so not a fan, but uh, certainly would love to see, want to see these two actors do a lot more. I mean, there's there's good things to take away from this. Really enjoy both of them. Uh, would really want to see the director even do some more because I think he worked with these actors and got a very realistic performance out of them. Uh, I hope the screenwriter uh, never works again. But other than that, it was fun. Really? Um, yeah. So content-wise, not a lot to offer. I agree with that. Um, when you're when you have a character such as Sutter, 
and he has a drinking problem like he has. I mean, every scene in this movie, the kid's drinking. I couldn't stand mm-hmm. it. Yeah. You want something bad to happen to that person. You just do. And yeah. it never happens in this movie. And that's what I was saving for spoilers. Like, you see him drinking, you're like, all right, well, something's going something's gonna to come along and, like, the guy's going to die. Or he's going to kill his girl. Yeah. And so they kind of tease that, like, they, his, him and his girl get in this fight and they, he kicks her out of his car for no reason other than to be a total tool. And she gets hit by a car, but what, she just sprains her arm or something? Yeah. She's fine. Yeah. Yeah, she's totally fine. So lesson not learned. <laughs> so just go ahead and keep your and, – and he pretty much – his drinking habit rubs off on his girl – and yeah. she, her life gets way better because of it, you know. <laughs> like yeah, I thought, where they were going with that was he was gonna. He knew he had a drinking problem. He was gonna go to see his dad, and then see. Oh my God, my life is going down the wrong path. I can't end up like this tool bag, and go home and completely change his life around. Well, what he does is he goes home, drinks more, and then says, "I'm. I have to end up like my dad." You know, it was yeah. the complete opposite. Of where I thought and wanted it to go, uh, so that was one of my complaints um, regarding the the ending of the movie. I don't really know whether he gets with her at the end, though. I mean, this yeah. it was so I mean, unresolved. Kind of I kind of disagree. Yeah. Where you said the things kind of wrap up at the end, I felt like things just went awry in the in the very end. I left the movie. I was like, so how does it end? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I just. I- I kind of feel like I, you're, you're right, and I uh, I honestly feel like that's that's kind of how the movie needed to go, though. I, I didn't need. I think it would have been disingenuous in some ways for this to for it to turn into a fairly standard, you know, well he's got a drug drinking problem, but now he's learned his lesson and everything's fine. You know what I mean? Um, I think this is. I honestly I feel like that's true to the narrative that we got for the first two acts. And that's great and all, sure. but I just didn't care about the first two acts. Is what it really, mm-hmm. what it really sure. boils into. Again, it's very real and true to life. But um, I knew like ten of these guys in high school, and I don't talk to any of them now. You know, like I don't, I don't want to be friends oh, yeah. with them. Dude, so, this reminded me of three or four people that I know. Yeah, and I can't stand any of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I mean, that's that's what yeah, I'm no, saying. Those, guys, just those such... guys are huge losers. <laughs> yeah, um, but it was just so realistic in that aspect. I mean, sure. it just brought me back to high school in a, in a similar way that, like, what the way way back we talked about earlier this year, but in a different way. I mean, I felt so personal with the way way back. Like, I felt like I was that kid, and with this movie, I felt like I was watching this kid just spiral out of control. You know, yeah. and I'm just like, well, thank God I'm not that guy. You know. <laughs> Um, yeah. But just, I think the fact that we're, we're talking about it like this, I mean, that's just a great performance by, by my, and if, if indeed, Richard, that this screenplay was bull, is bullcrap, then more power to Miles Teller for making something Absolutely. I mean, pretty dang good out of something bad, no, you know what I mean? Definitely. That's what I mean, the director and the actor should be proud of this movie, it's, it's an awesome real piece. Like you can show scenes for your reel and get some really good work out of it. It's not, it's not that the dialogue's bad or anything, there, there is one thing though. Oh my gosh! Ugh. If one of these kids said you're awesome one more time, hey, you're you're hey, you're you're awesome. No, yeah. you're 
you're awesome. No, you're awesome about being awesome. You're so that is what, awesome. That is what kids do when they get drunk, though. It's what I mean. <laughs> super realistic, but yeah. who wants to watch? You know what else? <laughs> you know what else that I do when I, when I drink too much? I, um, I have a couple glasses of red wine. I stagger up my stairs, and uh, I put on some music and fall asleep in my bed. You, you guys want to make a movie of it? <laughs> you know, like, just because it's super realistic, which it is, these kids are very accurate, I, I don't want to sit there and watch. I, I live... 200 yards from a high school. Don't tell the government because it violates my parole. But I live 200 yards from a high school. I can go over there and watch that movie. And, you know, it just felt like it's, it's, it's the reality of the movie is great. It should be praised for that. But the story of the movie is like, I, I gained no nothing. story, really. There's no the story. story. There's no arc. There's kid, nothing. Else. Yeah. I mean, there's, it's very plain. I do, yeah. I do agree with you. Yeah. Um, I also, I asked Richard this, Kent, and so I'll, I'll ask you as well. Do you did you buy Shailene Woodley or Shailene Woodley as an ugly, yeah. uncool girl? Because to me, that was honestly like bordering on like she's all that, like that yeah. level of really. Shailene Woodley's like really attractive, and just because she's not wearing makeup does not make her unattractive. Oh like, yeah, she's not, she shouldn't have glasses. If she her. was going for yeah. a hot nerdy girl. She was definitely a hot nerdy girl. You know? <laughs> yeah. There was. Yeah. I just thought that was strange. Very hard now, I'll, for me I'll tell not you, I went to see this with my wife, and we don't we don't see a whole lot of movies together, um, just because I usually go see them at you know two o'clock on an a- in the afternoon, and she's working, and I'm lazy, and so. But uh, she really liked this, and she she was totally on board for for Woodley in that role. Um, and so I I mean, there are people out there that see her that way, and that's that's great. I I just thought. The entire time I was like, this, it doesn't make any sense that it might make sense that she's not popular because she's weird, you know, or something like that. But to pretend like she is unattractive was um, was kind of ridiculous. They throw the manga thing in as like yeah, a yeah. way to clean that up. Like she's right. into manga, yeah. but OK, you know, yeah. but who is it? And also, <laughs> weird. hey, I'm reading Fruits Bob Basket Odenford. right now, bro. Right. Can we get more Bob Odenkirk? Like, yeah, he's on, he is spectacular in this movie, but he's only in it for like four minutes. So yeah, yeah. I I really, I felt like that honestly might've been, that was probably the point in the movie where I th- said, okay, this is not what I want it to be. When, uh, when Odenkirk and, uh, and, and Miles Teller have that confrontation in the store, basically. Yeah. And he says, you know, if you can stop drinking, I can keep you on board. That's such a, it's such a powerful moment, but it hadn't earned that up to that point because it's, it's just wasting time showing Miles Teller drinking over and over and over and over again. You know what I mean? It just yeah. it got it, it missed another opportunity. I felt like to really hammer home a solid point. Yeah, I totally feel like this movie is full of compelling performances, but there's nothing to that it leads up to at the end. I mean, it's just it it doesn't wrap up the loose ends. I mean, there's why. The movie's called The Spectacular Now, okay? And, and Miles' Teller's character is talking the whole time, man, I just want to live in the now. It's all about the living in the now. And his dad's Kyle Chandler's like, it's about living in the now. And so at the end of the movie, they decide that it's, you shouldn't think out your decisions. You shouldn't uh, plan ahead for the future. You should just live in the now, and things will be all right. You know what I mean? Like... I don't know what the mess, what message this movie was trying to send. 
Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't think there was one. I mean, I, I really don't. I think it was all about just coming up with a real-life story in a real-life movie. And you successful, great, well done. But, gosh, I... Man, Apparently I the guy's just is a book, so I'll leave it to you, Richard, to read the book. See if it's any better. <laughs> Not that you will. But, uh, yeah, no, maybe... I mean, maybe there's something there that didn't get translated into the screenplay. Like, I feel like this movie was setting up for a sequel or, like, a movie came before it that explained more stuff. But yeah, there's... I mean, I don't, I don't know why, like, he was drinking in every scene if mm-hmm. there was no reason for... I mean, show him drinking in two scenes then, you know? Yeah. Not every single scene. I mean, he was obviously an alcoholic, and no one mentioned it except for Bob <laughs> Odenkirk's like, hey, man... Can't right. work. Can't work at my Thai store anymore. If you uh, yeah, and so and then you're like, oh my gosh, he's drunk driving. His car swerving. And they had this cool this shot where like the camera's mounted like on the underside of the car, and you see like the lines of the road. You're like, oh man, he's swerving. He's about to he's about to pay for it. No, he just he swerves off the road and he dings up <laughs> his mailbox. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's what happens. So I mean, like. In that regard, it was just... Wasted, uh, wasted Brie Larson, too. Kind of a weird yeah. Yeah. character yeah. there. Yeah, I was like, yo, ditch this Shailene girl and go for... Uh... <laughs> and I'll, you almost think that it's going to go that way. You yeah. Know, at the beginning, when he goes to the party and he's like, hey, he so, ditches uh, Amy. Amy, her last kids... name is Finicky, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, like, like, she's finicky. Oh, I get it. I see what you did there. But, um... Her. But, yeah, just a lot of compelling stuff in this movie. I get why it's getting a lot of praise, because... Yeah, it seems like it's kind of, to me, though, one of those one person likes. It It seems like the movie we should praise, and so it just gets the momentum of being praised, and then it just goes on forever. Uh, but, I don't know. Maybe maybe it's maybe I'm missing out on something. I don't know. I don't know. What did your wife think, uh, Brian? She really, really... Yeah, she really liked it. What else it. did she no. like about it? Um... She was kind of, I mean, she just, she came out just talking about how, uh, just, I mean, what we're saying, but in a positive light, you know what I mean? Of how it was so realistic and, you know, she just knew so many people like that in high school and so on and so forth. And that, and I, you're right. I totally agree, but I just don't, man, I don't want to have anything to do with those people anymore. So it was, uh, you know, look, I, it's a complicated movie and I, I, I commend it for that. I mean, I, I saw this movie probably over two weeks ago now, and I still, today, was thinking about what exactly my grade would be for it, and I wasn't yeah. completely sure. So, I mean, that's great. I, I appreciate that about a movie. You know, I can I, I can get behind that. I just, uh, man, there's just not a lot here for me to latch onto in terms of the movie itself. I walked out. great, but everything else, eh. Sure. I walked out of the theater, really. I mean, the moral of it was, for me... I walked out, man, it was like, man, I'm glad my life is the way it is. I don't like that. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, that's yeah. that's the kind of experience I think that they were trying to give you here. Like, uh, whether in relationship with your, with your friends or your family, I mean, like, work it out or something. Because, uh, like, no one wants to be Sutter, you know? <laughs> yeah. And like but he's they awesome. say it in the movie. Yeah. They say it in the movie. Like, everyone thinks you're a loser, man. Like, somebody says that to him. And his dreams, just you could tell his heart just gets, like, crushed. Like, people don't like me? What? 
no one likes a guy that acts like this, you know. Um, so I'm just, I just left super glad that I wasn't like Sutter. And yeah, I know a couple guys in high school, Richard, that were like him. I'm not gonna go into names, but uh, <laughs> your roommates with one of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, so yeah, good stuff. Um, my grade for this. Uh, high B, I would say. Pretty, pretty good movie. Don't know, think I would buy it or watch it again. But depending on who you are, I think you you could enjoy it. Definitely more of a girls' movie. <laughs> it felt really weird watching this movie. Um, sans female. <laughs> so you guys beat me there. But uh, Richard, what did your girlfriend think of it? Uh, felt the same way. Maybe slightly his girlfriend. So yeah, we. I uh, from what I said, from what our go-between thought, um, <laughs> our we're kind of in the middle of a separate. No, uh, I'm kidding. No, she liked it. I think maybe five percent more than me, but not. She was she was definitely in my my ballpark. Cool. Um, so what were y'all's grades? This wasn't on the on the worst of the of the summer, was it? No, no. I mean, there's enough good stuff here for. I mean. For me to say, you know, it's a quality movie, but I would probably go like a B minus. Richard, oh C minus. C my wow. Yeah, didn't care for it. Did not enjoy it on the whole. Let's give our weekly recommends. Weekly recommends. Yeah, I'm gonna go a little uh, different than I normally do. Um, last week, I think there was a. I read a little blurb about a, an Arcade Fire single that's headed our way soon. I haven't heard it yet. If I missed that, oh kit, is it already out? Yes, it's you awesome. Have. It's called okay. Reflector. Mm-hmm. It's yeah, awesome. You got to check out the video. Go to okay. the website and watch the video. Yeah. Well, I will definitely do that. But uh, it it did rekindle just the the mention rekindled my uh, love for Arcade Fire. So I went back and had been listening to some of their past albums. And uh, so I want to recommend today. I don't think this one is as popular. Like I know Suburbs oh, no. was, uh, you know, I think it won Album of the Year, didn't it? Yeah, uh, yes. Record of the Year, Grammy wise. Uh, but anyway, I've been listening to Neon Bible a ton this week, and uh, I just I love that album. I love all their stuff, but I think uh, Neon Bible. I don't know if it's the best one or not, but it's the one that's definitely been uh, grabbing my attention lately, and uh, so I've been cranking that on constant rotation and. Uh, sh- Highly recommended. When I was young Sutter's age, uh, <laughs> Arcade Fire's Funeral was like an album that got me through a lot of stuff when I was like 18, 19 years old. So a nice tie-in there. Love that. Yeah. Love all their stuff. But uh, yeah. that was a uh, definitely like a tentpole record in my uh, in my life. So big fan as well. Good choice. Yeah. Yeah, I'm definitely more of a funeral guy. Sure. Yeah. Um, I think most people are, I think, and I, I love Funeral as well. I just uh, I've been I've been blasting Neon Bible a lot, and I I made Neon Bible really strong. strong. There, there's like uh, uh, interventions, great. No cars yeah. go. Yeah. Keep, yeah. The, car Keep the car running is one of my probably ten favorite songs ever. I love yeah. that. And uh, and across is, is spectacular as well. Yeah, I've got a really cool edition of that. I'll show you some. I have like the super deluxe. It was when I was working at Borders in college when I came out, so I got like really cool dibs on stuff as it came out. Sure. So I have this awesome like limited deluxe edition. It's like a hologram and oh, of the, awesome. the Bible. It's really cool. I'll show Sweet. you something. Sweet. 
Yeah, you gotta hear Reflector. It's a it's a pure mix between the suburbs and funeral. Yeah, it's Way funny because and I, I'm not trying to be Mister Hipster. I'm I'm all about the mainstream if it works. But I, uh, suburbs is my least favorite record by them, and it, it's agree. the one that, and it yeah. won all the stuff. And I, I get it. I mean, that was just momentum of people really kind of finding out about them and things like that. But and it's a great album. But funeral and neon bible are are, are great. I'm, I'm really psyched for the new one. Yeah, I got a chance to check out them in concert a few years ago. Might be the best concert I've ever seen. Oh, yeah. I've seen them one, I've too. seen them one time, and I still think about it constantly. It's uh, it's up there. It's probably the best concert I've ever seen until I see Kanye West in two months in December. Because <laughs> I'm well, I've a already, special podcast for I've that. I've already decided <laughs> that's going to be the greatest concert I've ever seen. So... Yeah, I'm holding out hope for the Arcade Fire to come back to Dallas. Yeah, definitely. Because we all need to go. Great mm-hmm. recommend, Brian. But Good seriously, job. check out Reflector. Your, I will. Your life I, is I, I will do so tonight. Yes. Uh, Richard, we can recommend. Sure. Uh, five years ago uh, this week, um, one of my favorite writers ever uh, uh, passed away, uh, committed suicide. Uh, a guy by the name of David Foster Wallace, who was... Uh, Wrote a book in the 90s that's uh, kind of maybe the definitive work of the 90s of that kind of television culture called Infinite Jest, um, which is a very, very good book and uh, very tough. It's like a thousand pages, not not a beach read. Uh, but he wrote a book of essays in the mid-90s, nonfiction essays called A Supposedly Fun Thing I'll Never Do Again. And uh, I've been sending you guys some quotes from it because there's some criticism in there and things like that. But the, the end of the book... Um, the last hundred pages end with a with uh, an essay, um, a really long, almost novella, nonfiction novella, called a supposedly fun thing I'll never do, never do again, which is where the book gets its title. Uh, about which in which David uh, Foster Wallace um, takes a luxury cruise. Uh, <laughs> Harper's Magazine puts him on a page. They just thought it would be funny to send him, um, and he's a you know like one of the most brilliant people ever. I mean he. He wrote fiction and won, you know, awards in fiction, but he also taught creative writing and he taught uh, his degrees were in modal logic, which is the math of philosophy. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's an intensely brilliant person. Um, and picturing that sort of person trapped for seven days with like a bunch of retirees partying on a booze cruise is uh, makes for like the funniest essay, whatever it is, ever written. Like I, I literally had to stop. And and giggle for hours. I highly recommend you and our listeners check that out. Um, it's it's very very funny. There's tons of footnotes he throws in. Th- you can tell he cannot stop from writing about this. It was <laughs> it really affected his life, probably for the worse. Um, <laughs> but uh, a very very fun and effective essay. A supposedly fun thing I'll never do again by David Foster Wallace. Kent, what is your weekly recommend? Uh, yeah, my weekly recommend made its way to Netflix this past week. Uh, it's a film that we are all fond of, I hope. Uh, directed by Paul Thomas Anderson called There Will Be Blood, starring yeah. Daniel yeah. Day-Lewis. Uh, just an amazing film. Uh, go ahead, and Richard, and rain praise on There Will Be Blood. Oh, wow. Thank you for the honor. Great movie. I love Paul Thomas Anderson. And uh, talk about uh, performances. You know, Daniel Day-Lewis is uh, – you may have heard of him. Um, <laughs> decent – Decent television actor, uh, sitcoms mostly, but uh, kind of comes out of nowhere in this and gives a pretty decent 
uh, well, fair to middling, middling uh, dramatic performance. No, just an incredible. <laughs> you know, he won the Academy Award as he as he's prone to do uh, <laughs> uh, for that movie, and it's a very intense, very uh, beautifully shot movie. Um, I think probably visually, maybe PTA's best. Would you? I don't know. Uh, uh, just the master, this. man. I don't know. I yeah, the master. master. No, you're right. The master tops it, but you're you're absolutely right. But it, it's uh, certainly a beautiful movie and a beautiful script, and you know, one of those movies that come out every five or ten years that you think about for six months after seeing it. Very affecting. Is that yeah, don't Brian. you get out of me? Is that a gr- yeah? Go ahead, Brian. You like there will be blood? Yeah, great movie. Great movie. I've only seen it once or twice. Yeah, um, not, it's not, not a movie that I'm going to sit and watch over and over again. I definitely think that because the big debate that year when it came out was between it and No Country for Old Men, and I mm-hmm. think I personally think No Country for Old Men is a masterpiece, and it's mm-hmm. it's uh, it would get my vote over There Will Be Blood, but that's not to say that uh, There Will Be Blood is not an excellent movie, and that Daniel Day Lewis is not an incredible talent and a ridiculous performance. That guy's going places. Yeah, I think he might. I think he might end up. Uh... You know, make it in this business. I'll put my money on him. Hopefully, hopefully he pans out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hopefully. Um, and if not, there's always shoe cobbling. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does. He has a second career as a cobbler, and we're not joking. He really does. <laughs> yeah, he has a second career as a cobbler. Don't we all? Um, so, Brian Gill, let me ask you this: Where can I find you online? You can find me on Twitter at bgill12, or you can find my writing at canbabiesdrinkredbull.com. Richard. You can find me on Twitter at Richard Barton. Kent, where might I find you these days on the interwebs? Find me on Twitter at Kent Garrison. Find the show on the internet at madaboutmoviespodcast.com. Uh, find all our episodes on there. Find weekly recommends on there. Email the show on there. And go to iTunes, leave a review, hit us up, just tell your friends. Subscribe, do all that good jazz. Uh, anything else you guys want to mention before we get out of here? I got nothing. Okay. Richard, I'm assuming you got nothing too, as you uh, No, I've got about 35 minutes on uh, quilt making. You want me to just put that <laughs> we'll in Save now? that for the after show. Stay okay. tuned for Richard's quilt making. Uh, <laughs> but until next time, on that note, we will see you at the cinema. Bye. See ya. Goodbye.